0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning and welcome to Coastal. Good morning and welcome all you guys watching online. Uh, We have a large and growing online community that turns in every week from around the country and around the world. And so thank you for joining us and tuning in. So let's talk about sex. Wow. Okay. Woo. Yeah. Some of you, some of you are nervous. Some of you are excited, you know. What's Pastor Chris going to say? You know, have his jokes been vetted by Miss Janet? You know, I do have a story to tell you about Janet because I guess over the years I've been known to tell a lot of stories about my wife and my family, and sometimes I get in trouble. So, you know, it was years. It was years ago. It really was. It was a long time ago. Um, I was preaching on sex or relationships or something, and uh, Janet was like Chris. Okay, like you are not allowed to share anything, say anything. I mean, she like kind of, you know, made a big deal about what I was going to say or what I was not going to say. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get Janet. We're going to we're going to come up with something. So this is what I did, and I just it's honestly one of the best things I've ever done to Janet. It was so great. So like, so I kind of told, I set it up, and I told people what she had told me. And I said, so guys, here's what we're going to do. So after church, so I I got no joke about Janet. I'm not going to say anything about her. But after church, I want you to go. Up to Janet and just go, all right, Janet, woo. And then like, I, and some of, some of, I said, you just come up with whatever you want to say. And just, and like some of the ladies were like, Janet, you're just making us look bad. And then like, she was just, they were just going on. And then like, finally, she's like, Chris, what did you say today? And of course, you know, I said nothing. So it was great. So we're not going to do that today. Um, but uh, we are going to talk about sex. Uh, you know, the, now, by the way, it just so happened that my anniversary did fall on this week, and all week long I've been telling Jen we got to work on some research, you know, for my message, so anyway. Um, but the whole subject of, I'm, I'm glad that we can laugh about all of this, because the whole subject of sexuality is one of the most uh, sensitive areas in the human personality, You know, the reality is no other single subject produces as much um, a deep sense of guilt in people's lives as the sexual dimension of life. And uh, the torture chambers that some people feel confined to because of some past sexual sin are unbelievable. You know, the the depth that some people, the depth of the guilt that some people carry around really does seem to know no limit. Um, I, as a pastor, I've talked to men and women who've broken down in my office because of something that they did or experienced you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. For years, they've been carrying around the guilt and the pain that they, that, uh, and, and then you know, they've told me what it's been doing to their marriage and their relationships, or maybe it's the, you know, the young Christian man or woman who feels like, you know what? I could never be used by God. Uh, because of their past uh, sexual sin. Um, The guilt of sexual sin that some people carry around is unbelievable uh, in its intensity. But thank God for Jesus. And thank God for his grace, for forgiveness. You know, thank God that his word says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, I will make them as white as snow as wool. If there is something that I've been asking God to assist me in being able to do today, it's really just to help lead people to the cross. To help lead those of you who feel like you're confined to that uh, chamber of guilt and self-inflicted punishment. Those of you who walk around with all of that baggage. That if God would allow me I've been praying to help lead you to a blood-stained cross so that you could receive forgiveness and hope and a new beginning, a fresh start. I really believe that today can be a turning point in your spiritual life. And again, not just in your spiritual life, but also in, in your relationships. And if you're married, in your marriage. You know, for the last 100 years or so, the church pretty much has been defined, um, you know, its position on sex by what we're against or we've just been silent, right? I mean, that's pretty much what, what a lot of people uh, see in the church today. And because of that, we have allowed a lot of confusion and misconceptions about sex and we have allowed the world, media, pornography to define what constitutes a great sex life. You know, when the Bible talks about sex, and not just sex, by the way, but every area of our life, it's God's desire that we know what is his path for our life, that we know what's best for our life. And so today, that's what I want us to talk about, how you discover God's best for this dimension of your life, your sex life. So if you're taking notes, number one, how do you do that? Number one, you invite God into your sex life. I invite God into my sex life. Now, if you're going to experience great sex, you've got to do that. Invite him into your sex life. Now, I know that when you first hear that or you even write that down, it feels like kind of a strange thing to say and to write. But I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. To invite God into this area of their life. Well, why? Because when you open yourself up to God and you begin to evaluate God's truth, God's way, God's word in light of how you're living your life, it might mean you got to change some behaviors. It might mean that you are basing your life on some false assumptions and some untruth. It might mean that you need to reevaluate your life. It might mean that you got to humble yourself and just recognize, you know what, there is a better way to live. There's a better way to do life and to do this area of my life. You see, God has a plan for sex. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, after all, he's the one who created it. And so, if God is behind it, Is it possible that he has a plan for it for your life? Now, let me just ask you, whose plan do you want? You know, do you want the world's plan? Let me ask you, is the world's way working? No, of course not. Now, I'm going to ask you this question, and this is kind of a strange question to ask today because of the way we think. Are you willing or are you open-minded enough, okay, to think, you know what? There might be an alternative. God's way might work. There actually might be a better way to live and to do this area of my life. Are you open-minded enough to think that? First Thessalonians 4, 3, and 5 says this, God's will is for you to be holy. So, Stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who don't know God and his ways. So inviting God into this area of your life, letting, it, it means that you are letting God have control, okay? That you are putting yourself in God's, inside of God's boundaries, Now, God's boundaries are not bad. God's not trying to rob you of joy. In fact, he's wanting you to experience maximum sexual fulfillment. And there's a way to do that. Inside of his boundaries. Anything, in any area of life, outside of God's boundaries, leads to harm. Sin occurs outside of the boundary of God. Pain, regret occurs outside the boundary. So here's the the big question of today. Will you invite God into your sex life? If you're single, that means you're gonna invite God into your dating life. You know, if you are married, it means you're gonna invite God into your marriage. Now, if you've been to Coastal for any length of time, you know that we preach both Truth and grace, okay? The, the truth of God's holy inspired word wrapped in grace and love. In fact, the Bible teaches that Jesus, when he came, he was full of both, grace and truth. And one of the fundamental problems that exist in the, in the world today, especially in the church and in Christianity, is that you've got some people who want all of God's grace, but they want none of God's truth. And then you got people who want to hammer all of God's truth, but they don't wrap it in God's grace or his love. Now at Coastal, we're gonna gonna teach both. We're gonna talk about both. We're going to teach God's grace and his truth. God does forgive. There is grace, there is love, but there is some truth we got to deal with. So here's the truth. This is the truth. Having sex or participating in any sexual activity outside of the sanctity of a biblical marriage, one man and one woman, is sin. It always has been. It always will be. Yeah, but, you know, Pastor Chris, you just don't understand my situation. You know, God, you know, my situation is unique. Really? You know, the last I checked, God's been around for like eternity. You know, he's seen every situation. He's not going to look at you and your situation and go, wow, you're right. I have never seen that. Let's just throw out my word because you guys love each other and this is different. This is unique. That's not going to happen. Okay? It's not. Now, students, single adults, let me talk to you about sex. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know what you're going to say, Pastor Chris. I don't want to hear it. Because you're just another adult that's going to tell me that, you know, sex is dirty, sex is ugly, you don't need to do it. And if you do it, you're going to get pregnant, you're going to get a disease, you're going to go blind, and then you're going to die. Okay? Some of your parents are going. I've been telling my kid that. Shut up, Asgerit. No, I'm not going to tell you that. In fact, I'm not going to tell you that sex is dirty or gross or ugly or anything. I'm going to tell you that sex is awesome. It's incredible. I love sex. Guess what? Your parents love sex. They. I can't even look them in the eye now. You know, they have never told you that. But that is that. You know, that's how you got here. They did not trip and fall. Okay. But sex is awesome and it's beautiful within the biblical boundaries of of marriage. You know, outside that boundary, it always comes with baggage and there are always consequences. And listen, I I could march adult after adult after adult here in this room up here today and if they could, they would say, hey, I used to think like you think, but please, save yourself for marriage. It damages you spiritually. It complicates the relationship. Person after person, they would say, God's way works. You know, last week we talked about friendship. His way works. You know, whether you're talking about finances or marriage or parenting or sex, God's way works. Again, the real question is, is is Jesus the Lord of your life? And is he the Lord of every area of your life, including this one, your sex life? You know, are you man enough to do that? Are you woman enough to to do that? Are you willing to allow God to come in and to give you the strength to control the passions of your life? Now typically what we do is that we say like, okay, well God, you can have this area of my life or this area of my life, but you know, not this area. Whatever area of your life you want God to bless, you better put him first in that area. You want God to, to, da- to bless your dating life? You put him first in that area. You want God to bless your, you know, your, your family, your children? We'll put him first. You want God to bless your relationship, your sex life? Then you've got to put him first. Some of you, before you can put God first into this area of your life, you've got to allow him to be the Lord of your life you've got to receive his grace and his mercy. Listen, he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And once you do that, once you take that step, it's this idea then of allowing him lordship of every area of your life. Number two, cultivate love before sex. Cultivate love before sex. You see, there is some confusion in our world today about sex and love and, and, and which comes first. But I want you to understand there's no confusion with God. There's no misunderstanding. God is very clear about this. You cultivate love and then sex follows. Love and then sex. And that's the opposite, though, of what our world tells us. The world says, well, you know, of course not. You know, I mean, of course, you know, sex can come before love. You don't have to be in love with somebody to have sex with them. Sex is just physical. It's just casual. That's that's what the world says. But here's the truth. God created sex to come after a husband and wife have communicated their love to one another and have made a lifelong commitment in marriage. That's why the Bible says that sex should be between one man and one woman within the context of this biblical marriage. You know, it's not because God wants to take away fun. It's not because God doesn't like sex. God loves it. He created it but he has a purpose for it. So what's the purpose? Well, after procreation, the number one purpose for a sexual relationship is to unite a married couple physically, emotionally, spiritually. It it cements, it bonds a forever commitment that this man and woman have made to one another. You see, God knows that the the greatest security, the greatest joy and fulfillment doesn't come from one sexual relationship after another, after another, after another. But it comes when two individuals become one in a lifetime commitment in marriage. And then when sex is a part of that relationship, it strengthens that bond. It semen's that bond physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And when we have sex outside of that marriage commitment, outside of that boundary, prior to love, there are consequences, and it sets you up for additional hurt and regret. Now, when an act that is meant to signify something permanent is made part of something that's only temporary, there's pain. You know, in my... 33 years now of counseling couples and and meeting with people and counseling them. One thing that I have never heard, never, not from a guy, not from a woman, I have never heard them say, I wish I had more sexual encounters. I've, I've never heard that. You know, I've never heard anybody say, man, I wish I hadn't saved myself for marriage. But do you know what I have heard over and over again? I have so much regret. I regret that I didn't save myself for this person. I regret that I have to deal with those memories, with my history, with the baggage that I'm bringing into this relationship. I regret that. And listen, I know, I know that there are a lot of you here today who feel like you've already blown it. And when I talk about, you know, putting love before sex, you've had that reversed and you've been with multiple people and you, more than anyone else, you know that while it might feel good for a moment, in the long run, there's pain and there's regret. And you feel the emptiness. You've given yourself away piece by piece by piece to people who don't love you and who aren't committed to you. But here's what I want you to understand today. If that is you, our God loves you. He does. And he wants to forgive you and he can make you whole again. I just want you to see that God actually says that you are too valuable, that he loves you so much that he wants to keep you from doing that. You know, just make a commitment to walk away from giving yourself away in that way. You are too valuable in God's eyes to keep doing that. Look at this next verse, 1 John 4, 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. You see, that's what God wants for you. When you experience God's unconditional love, his grace and his mercy, then you can really learn to love other people. You know, that's why we have to experience God's love first. When we truly understand, as the Bible says, just how deep and wide and long and high God's love really is, then you're equipped, then you're able to give that love away to other people. Make the decision today to cultivate and develop that kind of love in your life. Number three, he also wants you to elevate the value of your body. Elevate the value of your body. Ocean water is valuable, beneficial for a lot of things, but it's not good for drinking, you know, if you drink too much of it, you'll get dehydrated, you can hurt your body, you can even die. Your bodies weren't created to, to drink salt water. In the same way, the Bible teaches that we weren't created for sexual immorality. We were created for, to give ourselves away in marriage to one person. Look what 1 Corinthians 6 says. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, well, food was made for the stomach, the stomach for food, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares for our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power just as he raised our Lord from the dead. You see, actually, the Bible teaches that that God elevates the importance, the value of our bodies. When When it comes to sex, you know, we act as though, well, you know, what we do with our body, it only really has, you know, just physical consequences. That's it. You know, in other words, well, as long as nobody gets pregnant, nobody gets a disease, I use protection, there's no consequences. Because, it, you know, we're basically animals. It's only physical. The world's basic philosophy is that your mind and your body are separate. It really doesn't matter what you do. And that philosophy says that, well, your body isn't as important because it's not connected to your emotions, to your spirit, to your mind. It's not connected to your heart. But tragically, many of you here already know that's false. What? you do with your body affects every other part of your being. What you allow into your mind affects the whole. You know, many of you, in fact, are dealing with hurts from past sexual experience, past sexual mistakes, problems with pornography, because it's all intertwined. And those mistakes still tor- torment you today. They, they torment your emotions because you can't separate what you did with your body from your mind and your spirit and your body. You see, God sees you as a complete person with your mind and your body and your spirits all wonderfully, beautifully intertwined. That means what you do affects your body sexually. It affects your mind. It affects your emotions. It affects your, your future, what your future marriage might look like. It, it affects how you, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about other people. Listen, when you have sex with somebody, you are joining with them in a way that is more than just physical. You know, and I think that's, that's one of the, beauty, the beautiful things that we have to share with the world, that God and, and Scripture actually elevate the value of this. You know, every time you have sex, you're, you're giving, a part, giving away a part of yourself. You know, and, and when you treat your body casually and you have sex with someone who hasn't made a forever commitment to you, you're giving away a part of yourself that you don't get back an emotional part, a a spiritual part. And you're handing that over to someone who might not care about you. And you are too too valuable to do that. First Corinthians 6, 18 and 20 says this. Run, some translations say flee from sexual sin. No other sin, so clearly affects the body as this one for sexual immorality is a sin against your body don't don't you realize that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by god you don't belong to yourself for god bought you with a high price with the price of his son jesus so you must honor god with your body you see god does that he elevates our value He sees your body as a temple. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And he paid for you, your body, with the death of his son. So how we treat our bodies, what we allow into our mind, all of it, it matters to God. So let me ask you, how are you doing with honoring God with this area of your life, with your body, with your mind? You know, don't don't settle for anything less than God's best for you. So, to experience great sex, number one, invite God into my sex life. Number two, cultivate this idea of love before before marriage. Uh, Evaluate the, uh, excuse me, elevate the value of my body. And then once you do all of that, number four, enjoy God's plan completely. Enjoy God's plan for maximum sexual fulfillment within the boundary of marriage. Listen, God created sex to be enjoyed. He created it with your pleasure in mind. In fact, did you know that there is actually a verse in the Old Testament that says when a man gets married, he should not be sent off to war just so that he can hang out with his wife. Deuteronomy 24.5, listen to this. For one year, he is to be free to stay at home and circle this phrase, bring happiness to the wife he is married. Circle that, underline it, star it, highlight it. Bring happiness to the wife he is married. Now, if you look up the word happiness there in in Hebrew, it doesn't mean that for a year you're gonna go home and tell knock-knock jokes, okay? That's not what it means. it, It means that you are to stay home and enjoy God's plan for sexuality. And God says that within marriage, there's tremendous freedom. There's tremendous intimacy and pleasure. And God wants to, God wants to bless his plan if you will honor it. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, speaking of the Old Testament, is Genesis uh, 26, verse 8. Now, in the King James Version, it says this. Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. You know what the word sporting there means in Hebrew? Uh, in fact, some of the translations use these other words, uh, caressing, petting, fondling. So I like to think this was the first sport ever invented. Like, I, I love this sport. We, we ought to have a, you know, we got pickleball. We ought to have this. You know I mean? You can, you can play this any time of the year, you know, outdoors, indoors, there's no fee. I'm a huge sporting fan, okay? Okay. Um, A scientific, very scientific survey was done to discover uh, what days of the week uh, most men like to have sex. And uh, they discovered that men like days that begin with the letter T. Okay? Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, (laughs) Tattersday, Tunday. I heard about a guy who offered a. Um, handed his wife an aspirin and said this is for your headache and she said I don't have a headache and he said gotcha and um, (laughs) so giving you a lot of stuff to help you out Um, but if you're married you know what I mean I'll just say it if you're married you should be having the best sex of your life you should you know nine times out of ten if you're not it's not a physical problem it is a spiritual relational emotional problem 1 Corinthians 7 basically says that married couples should not deprive each other. And that, you go home and read this, it basically says that, you know what, ultimately your body is not your own. It belongs to your spouse. And the only exception um, is when both of you agree for a limited time to devote yourselves to prayer. Other than that, the Bible teaches as married couples, you should be getting busy, okay? Okay? You know, in fact, I even thought about this. I should have put a checkbox on the back of my, your Connect card today. It says, I will have sex with my spouse, okay? I know you're looking. Is it there? Is it there? You know, I'll sign up for that. Um, Proverbs 5, 18 and 20 says this. Listen to this. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing to you, for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She's a loving deer, a graceful doe, Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breast of a promiscuous woman? God says, enjoy the intimacy of marriage. But don't exchange the, the purity of this relationship, the purity of sex inside of marriage for something that won't last And that will bring pain and regret. And I know some of you might be here today and you're thinking, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I've gone too far. No, you haven't. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, our God allows for U-turns. Our God allows for us to make changes. God can and, and he wants to still bless you and he wants to bless this area of your life but you have got to make the decision to invite him into this area you've got to make the decision to give him first place i've said this over and over again over the years first equals blessing you know whatever area of your life that you want god to bless you've got to give him first place in that in that area Are you willing to give God first place in this area, in your sex life, and to start this journey toward great sex? You don't have to have it all together. You just have to be willing to say, I'm going to take that initial step of putting God first. Look what Jesus said. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Listen, God's way works, including this area. Will you move in the direction of putting him first and following his plan? I hope you will. And like I said, you can't put him first in this area until you open up your life to him and allow him to come in. And listen, he's here, he's ready, he's waiting on you. It's just one step of faith. God so loved the world, he so loved you, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him, whoever would put their faith in him, their trust in him, would never perish, but have eternal life. You can receive that today. It is the best life here and now, and it's a home in heaven forever. Allow him to come in. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word, your timeless, holy, inspired word. God, your way does work in every area of life, including this one. And Lord, I know that um, there are people here today who've blown it in this area. God, the the reality is we're all in this boat. You know, we're all sinners in need of a savior. No one is is immune to this. We've all all committed sin in this area. And we need a savior. We need forgiveness. And I just pray today that, that you would recognize that Jesus is here and he's waiting. He's waiting at that cross that, where he was crucified for all sin, including this one, including this area. And if you would just come to him, he is ready with open arms, ready to forgive and ready for you to live for him. Thank you. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.